Matt, what company began to use the advertising slogan Imagination at Work beginning in 2003? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Apple. I'm sorry. It was General Electric. Roy, after the ego and the superego, what is the third part of the personality according to Sigmund Freud? The id. The id is a correct answer. Aaron, struggling with health issues, what author had the habit of penciling in a daily weight record on his bathroom wall? Is this the Nick Rose question? No. I, Dr. Seuss. I'm sorry, it was Ernest Hemingway. Jeremy, which fa- women's fashion piece popularized by British royals is a cross between a hair accessory and a mini hat? Ah, they had to ask a hair question. Um... <laughs> <laughs> This is not your enemy, your your friend of me. Oh, oh, that's I thought, the last I thought one. this was directed at me. Um, no, I, that's uh, the last one. I need an answer. The poodle hat. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's the fascinator. Sure, it is. Matt, containing a deadly toxin, the carefully prepared Japanese delicacy fugu is what type of animal? Pufferfish. That is correct. Roy, to honor the New York City landmark that occupies it, Congress changed the name of Bedloe's Island to what in 1956? Um, Liberty Island? Liberty Island is a correct answer. Aaron, in Michael Jackson's You Rock My World video, what actor makes a fitting cameo as the boss of the Waterfront Hotel? Jack Nicholson? I'm sorry, it's Marlon Brando. Jeremy, which breed of pooch is Stella, Jay Pritchett's dog on TV's Modern Family? Never seen it. Uh, let's go with a Pyrenees. Pyrenees. I'm sorry. It's a French bulldog. Matt, it is often said about what Hollywood legend that she did everything her partner did only backwards and in high heels. Ginger Rogers. Ginger Rogers is correct. Roy, what is the name of the Japanese dish of sliced raw fish served without rice? Uh, sashimi. Sashimi is a correct answer. Aaron, how many states do you drive through on U.S. Route 83 if you start in North Dakota and go directly south to Texas? North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Tech 4? I'm sorry, the answer is 6. Sure. Jeremy, which patriotic Bostonian won the acquittal of most of the British troops involved in the 1770 Boston Massacre that killed five civilians? Oh, this is going swimmingly tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, John Jay. Uh, no, it's actually John Adams. Matt, the military vehicle known as the Humvee first saw U.S. combat action in 1989 in what foreign country? Uh, Iraq. I'm sorry, the answer is Panama. Roy, at which fictional high school would you find Zach, Jesse, Slater, and Kelly? Um... I need uh, an answer. I know it's saved by the bill, but I don't know. I'm sorry. The answer is Bayside High. Aaron, the an- the animated TV series The Flintstones was based on what earlier TV series? I, I, I just assumed it sprung from the womb fully formed as the Flintstones. I have no idea. I'm sorry. The answer is The Honeymooners. Jeremy, in 1956, Chuck Williams opened the first Williams-Sonoma store in what U.S. state? Uh, uh, California. California is a correct answer. 
And now we hit the revenge of the frenemies round. We've asked your runners up from your individual rounds to provide a question for you. You will have a little bit more time to work these out and they will be worth 200 points. And we want to thank all of our revenge writers. Matt, your question comes from Jeff. Which two Canadian cities make their, made their NBA franchise debuts in 95? And we do need both answers here. Oh, Jeff is a friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, Toronto Raptors and uh, Vancouver Grizzlies. That is correct. Roy, your question comes courtesy of Christian. Name any two members of the cast of season one of MTV's Jersey Shore that appeared alongside Snooki, Wow, and The Situation. Uh, Wingus and Dingus. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I needed any two of Paul, Pauly D, Del Vecchio, Ronnie Ortiz Magro, Sammy, Sammy Sweetheart, Giancola, Vinny Guadagnino and Angelina Pivernick. Aaron, your question comes courtesy of Nick Groves. Mm -hmm. Something a lawyer at least as good as L. Woods should know. Which legal term is defined as the intention or knowledge of wrongdoing that constitutes part of a crime as opposed to the action or conduct of the accused? Oh, it's mens rea. Thanks, Nick. Mens rea is a correct answer. Jeremy, your question comes courtesy of Mike Mott. Kaliningrad Oblast is a Russian province considered to be an exclave because it is separated from its country for, by other territories. Between what two countries is Kaliningrad sandwiched? Uh, this is not going to help at all. Um, let's say Ukraine and Kiev. I don't know. That's not even a country. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at I'm geography and he knows it. <laughs> I'm sorry, the answer is Poland and Lithuania. And at the end of the hot seat round, Matt has 400 points, Roy has 300 points, Aaron has 200 points, and Jeremy has 100 points. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia. First was the hot seat round. Each player received five questions worth 100 points each. Next, teams will be randomized with their hot seat scores combined and 1,000 points added to each team. Teams will receive up to four sets of three questions. Each team will answer the same questions and wager 100, 200, or 300 points on their confidence. They will gain or lose their wager based on whether they get it right or not. They will also bet those same values on how difficult they think it will be for their opponents. If their opponent gets it correct, they lose their wager. But if their opponent gets it wrong, they will win their bet. After four sets of questions or when a team runs out of points, the first round will end with the team with fewer points being eliminated. At this point, the friends become the enemies. The remaining team will divide whatever points they have left and play again against each other with the same rules. In this round, locking in an answer will trigger a 30 second timer for the other player to register their answer. After four sets of questions, or when a player runs out of points, we will crown this week's Frenemy Champion. Now, let's start the show. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia, where friends quickly become enemies. I'm your host, Tim Dipple, and tonight we have the final match in our first round of the Tournament of Frenemies. This match will determine our final competitor for the Tournament of Frenemies final, 
that you will hear next week. If these names sound familiar, it's because these incredible quizzers if these names sound familiar, it's because these incredible quizzers have been crowned best frenemy of the week for one of our first 16 episodes. And joining me to run this inaugural tournament is my co-host and best frenemy, the Batman to my Superman, Brittany Shaw. Brittany, how you doing and what you drinking? Hey, Tim. Thanks for giving me the superior hero of those two. I no, appreciate I gave you, it. I, I gave you the one that everybody likes but actually sucks. Uh <laughs> You gave me like billions of dollars. I'm cool with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's been a week. Not gonna lie, it's been just a lot happening recently. So, I am excited to record this and hang out with awesome people for a little bit. Um, as far as what I'm drinking from Short Fuse Brewery, I am drinking the. Dia de los Crudos, uh, which is a Michelada-style lager. Um, it is when this episode airs two days after Dia de los Muertos, a.k.a. my birthday. So I'm going to drink a happy beer. Well, happy belated birthday to you. Well, beyond my actual birthday, so. I agree that it is. it has been a week Uh I blame it on the eclipse. I think everything the eclipse has just thrown everything out of whack this week because I feel much better today than I have felt all week. Um, but let's go ahead and meet our players. You heard them in the hot seat. First off, currently sitting in Maryland, it is Matt from Triviality. Matt, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your frenemy? Um, I am doing uh, fantastic. Uh sitting here in Maryland as I currently reside. Uh, I'm drinking some coffee from the uh, local super conglomerate uh, that I work at. And uh, because I need to stay awake and it's late. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm doing. And I guess my frenemy right now uh, would be uh, Justin Fields. Uh, I was feeling good. Uh, now I'm feeling less good. Uh, it's tough to be a Bears fan. It's tough to be a Bears fan, even when Justin Fields doesn't get hurt. <laughs> uh, but we are glad to have you here. We are equally thrilled to have from Crawfordville, Florida, Roy Camara. Roy, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? I'm doing great. It's actually cold in Florida today, which in cold in Florida terms means it's about 75. I was going to um, say, what is it, 80? Yeah. Uh, I am drinking exactly what I drank the first time I was on, which is water because I'm vanilla and I like it. And uh, my frenemy, I'm going to pick my frenemy, uh, this card that my wife got me that has Blanche from the Golden Girls on it. So I'm going to say she's my frenemy for this episode. Your wife okay. or Blanche Devereaux? Uh, Blanche, for sure. Okay, <laughs> okay we've, we've had... Quite a few interesting frenemies on this show, but I think a card of Blanche Devereaux might take the cake for most interesting. <laughs> uh, next up in Richmond, Virginia, Aaron Barclay joins us. Aaron, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your frenemy? Hi, I am good. I am here. I am drinking wine that is red. Um, I don't know anything else about it. We picked it up on a whim after dinner, so it's fine. Um, 
I was going to say that Nick Groves is my frenemy because that's, that's low hanging fruit, but, but then he threw me a softball for my first question. But then I thought about it and realized it is a softball, which means that if I miss it, I look like a real shithead. So I'm going to stick with Nick Groves as my frenemy. That is Nick. Nick is kind of like cats. They're everybody's frenemy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, you know, we 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 we're glad to have you on this show um drinking you know as you be 40 put it red red wine <laughs> exactly and finally in chicago illinois we welcome back jeremy goodson jeremy how you doing what you drinking and who would you consider your frenemy oh well glad to be back i am uh, i i was doing pretty good until that opening round there <laughs> got put through the ringer there a little bit um I am drinking uh, tonight. Uh, we got this variety pack of uh, some Angry Orchard, and this is the Angry Orchard Baked Apple Pie. Ooh. And I had one yesterday. It is delightful. But if this doesn't make noise, I've got something else to open because it really wasn't making a lot of noise last time. So let's see here. It made a noise. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. That, that, you know what? That, that just goes to par. You know what? I'll wait for the later to open the other thing because that just goes on par with that front round. So my friend of me this week. Um, yeah. Mike Mott. We're going to have words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are off to a great start here. I am drinking from Wild Leap Brewing in i think this is a florida be or no uh lagrange georgia so this one must have come from uh from uh adam spees at the trivial warfare meetup because we did little beer swap so this must have come from him uh this is the alpha abstraction double ipa uh so that is very good And we are going to get started. Uh, At this point, I am going to throw this over to Brittany, who's going to take us through the first round. So Brittany, take it away. Thanks, Tim. And I'm just going to say it. I think Mike Mott now has the most frenemy declarations in this tournament of frenemies, because I think Jeremy's at least the second person to declare Mike their frenemy. So congrats, Mike, on being the most frenemied frenemy of you know the frenemies. what you did <laughs> uh but we are about to get into the team round so let's talk about who our teams are tonight our first team is going to be matt and jeremy and what team name have y'all come up with now we're gonna do a little combination of our podcast here and we're going to be the pub triviality experience i absolutely love it and i love a good mashup um and our other team, of course, is going to be Roy and Aaron. And what team name did y'all come up with? Uh, I decided to choose a team name that will highlight both of our strengths and how good we are at trivia. Uh, we are team Wingus and Dingus. Perfect. Well, uh, after the hot seat round, we added your points together and we added a thousand points. And with our teams tonight, both teams are actually going to enter round one with 1500 points. So we will kick off round one and your categories for round one are slam dunk defunct in business, but it doesn't grow diagonally in science and something terrible will happen to this hit in music. Go ahead and send Tim your wagers. All right, Brittany, I have our wagers. So let's get this game underway. 
Okay, let's do it. Your first question in Slam Dunk Defunct, a business question. On May 4th, 2023, what company founded in Australia in 1983 announced that they had slimmed down to nothing and would be going out of business? It is probably not a coincidence that the announcement came about five months after the death of their most iconic spokesperson. Uh, we're in. Oh, you're locked in. Um, Wingus and Dingus are locked in. Pub Triviality Experience, you can talk this one out. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they're locked in. Um, I think that slim down to nothing is a clue. And I, my first oh. thought was something oh like a Weight God. Watchers. Or... Um, yes, I didn't even catch the clue. Thank you. Um, Everything's a clue. This is probably Jenny Craig then. Okay. Well, and, and it was uh, Weight Watchers then, right? Is that... No, Jenny Craig was its own thing. I, I think because I think Weight Watchers is still around. Maybe I was thinking of Jenny Jones. Jenny is she alive? I don't know uh, what I'm thinking. Of. I don't know. Jenny Craig could be a thing. We can lock in with Jenny Craig. Yeah, I feel good about that after you pointed out the clue that apparently my brain is just completely fried from that first round and missed. So good for me. All right. <laughs> All right, we're locking in with Jenny Craig. Okay, pub triviality experience have locked in with Jenny Craig. Um. Team Wingus and Dingus, what was your thought process and what did you lock in with? So my first thought was Kobe because time has no meaning and hasn't for the last several years. And then I was like, nope, that was December of 22, where I was like, who died in December of 22? And I said, slim down is, is obviously a hint. That's a really weird way to describe a business. I'm like, oh, Kirstie Alley died in, in 2022, December. So Weight Watchers was her thing. Um, so that's what we went with. Okay, locking in with Weight Watchers. Uh, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponent here? Uh, we wagered 300 on ourselves, and we wagered 200 on our opponent. And Pub Triviality Experience, what did you wager here? Uh, we wagered 200 both ways. Okay. Well, one team is getting credit for this, because Kirstie Alley was the spokesperson who passed away, but Kirstie Alley was the spokesperson for Ginny Craig. Well, shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, I think Oprah is still the spokesperson for Weight Watchers right now, but um, I'm not 100% on that. But they are still in business as far as I know, as long as they have the points to keep running. Yeah, I think we were right for the wrong reason. They were wrong for yeah. the right reason. <laughs> yeah. we'll and uh, yeah. speaking of points, Tim, what are what is our score? Well, it looks like Weight, uh, Weight Watchers has several current spokespeople, including Oprah, DJ Khaled, Kate Hudson, Kevin Smith. Another one. <laughs> expecting DJ Khaled's name on that list. Is it working? <laughs> he just throws his name Yo, into everything he talks DJ about. DJ Khaled, Weight Watchers. DJ Khaled. Uh, I lost but... another one. <laughs> okay, so Brittany, what that did to the uh, scores is that Pub Triviality Experience is going to pick up 400 points while Wingus and Dingus are going to lose 500. Uh, so we had to, that's a 900 point swing as we head to question two. Thanks, Tim. Uh, question two is, but it doesn't grow diagonally in science. Also known as barren wart, fairy's wings, and horny goat weed, what deciduous member of the Epimedium genus has flowers that have four petals that are spider-like, rather than, as one might think from its Catholic-sounding name, two petals that are miter-like? 
I knew a place in LA that sold some great horny goat weed. That's the that's the name of the thing you're thinking? Possibly. I it's something I've heard of. Um it's the closest thing I can get to a flower that's Catholic sounding, so Oh. Hold on. I think this might be it. Oh. All right, we're in. Okay, Wingus Crap. and Dingus have locked in. Pub triviality experience. You can talk this out. Um, I, I'm okay with that, Matt. Like I said, the only other one was just something that like scratched something in the back of my head. But yeah, that that sounds way more. I mean, they both yeah. sound Catholic sounding, but St. John's St. John's Wart. We're between Bishop's Hat and St. John's Wart. One is definitely a thing. Bishop's Hat is also definitely a thing, but isn't necessarily a flower. Um, it's just a hat that Bishop wears. So, um. But St. John's wart might be a root. A root? Rut? I don't know. I can't say it right now. Um, but if you're good with that, we could just lock in with St. John's wart. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, Pub Triviality Experience has locked in with St. John's wart. And what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? Um, I think we did 100 for us and 300 for them. That is okay. correct. And Wingus and Dingus, what... What's your thought process and what did you lock in with? Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, well, oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> let me describe how we came up with our weird ass answer. So when I saw the clue, I was like, oh, bishops move diagonally. And then miter is the hat a bishop wears. So I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so what did you lock in with? We locked, well, we, we went back and forth between like bishop's hat, bishop's wort, bishop's flower, bishop plant. I don't know, fucking no plants. I don't know. Um, so we just locked in with the bishop. Okay. And what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents? Uh, we wagered 200 on ourselves and 100 on our opponent. Okay. I'm kicking myself, Matt, because once again, I looked at one part of the clue and not the other part of the clue that was <laughs> glaring me in the face. That that uh, corroborated your initial thought. Yep. And you just ignored it. <laughs> yep. Oh, completely ignored it. That's okay. Uh, so, Wingus and Dingus locked in with Bishop. So, unfortunately, Wingus and Dingus, you did say the correct answer as part of your thought process, but it's not what you locked in. Oh. Um, the miter was the main part of the clue there because it is a bishop's hat, and that is what the name of the plant is. I looked, I was looking up bishop plant to see if that was synonymous. Unfortunately... There's a few different kind of bishops plant, not all within the Epimedium genus, genus so I can't give you credit for just bishop. Um, I don't think and... anyone's going to push back on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they will either, but I like explaining the thought process. I appreciate um, the <laughs> uh, But unfortunately, so neither team picking that one up. Tim, how did that shake out for our teams today? Um, Good for ma uh, pub triviality experience because they didn't think Wingus and Dingus were going to know this and that almost didn't pay off for them. Um, but Wingus and Dingus are going to lose a hundred while pub triviality experience loses 200 here. All right. Um, so we will go into question three, which is something terrible will happen to this hit a music question. <laughs> Name the song that spent seven weeks on the billboard hot 100 in 1989 new movies showing. So your Going could care less about the five. You are blowing theater gets dark just to start the show. Then you spot a fine woman sitting 
in your row. Did you see what I put there, Matt? Yeah, we're locked in. Yeah, we're locked in. Okay. Pub Triviality Experience is locked in. Wingus and Dingus, talk this out. No. (laughs) Sing this out, then. Still no. (laughs) I mean, this sounds familiar. Good. You talk it out with you, whom I know. Could care less. Ooh, I'm about to get a refill. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just trying to like Brittany's reading has thrown me off so hard that I can't get these words in my head musically. These wine services apps are just crazy. You press the button, <laughs> they walk into your room and refill your drink. It's wild. It's a very important role in the podcast. <laughs> MVP for real. Mm-hmm. I wasn't joking, by the way, Roy. I have absolutely nothing to contribute. I wasn't just... Okay, no, no, I... I, I you, you told me before that you're bad at music, so I, I was... <laughs> I was very clear. Oh, um... Oh, I know what this is. Hold on. Okay, I got it. Cool. <laughs> it's, uh... It's, it's a bust-a-move. It's bust-a-move. By, I think it's... The oh, yes. I can see that. Yeah. Hear that? See that. Showing, so you're going. Could care less about the five you're blowing. Did it get dark just to start the show? And then you spot a fine woman sitting in your room. Yeah. Bust a move. Nice. Yeah. Young MC. All right. Wingus and Dingus locks in with Bust a Move. Pub Triviality Experience, what was your thought process and what did you lock in with? Um, our yeah. thought process was Jeremy hosts karaoke, so he probably knows this. <laughs> well, if you want it, you got it. If you want it. Yeah, baby, you've got it. Just bust a move. Bust a move. Right. We locked in with uh, young Pop MC. reality experience also locks in with bust a move. And what did you wager on yourself and against your opponent here? Uh, we did uh, 100 for us. No. Nope. 300 for us, 100 for them. Okay. And uh, Wingus and Dingus, what were your wagers? Uh, the exact opposite. 100 on us and 300 on them. Okay. Well... I will say of the entire season, that was the hardest one to read in a different cadence than the original <laughs> one, uh, because it is indeed Bust a Move by Young nice. MC. So both teams getting that one correct. But Tim, what does that mean for our scores? Oh, uh, a good round for Pub Triviality Experience because they uh, knew their strengths, they knew their opponents' weaknesses. <laughs> And they wagered properly. So we're gonna uh they picked up 200 points here while Wingus and Dingus lose 200 points. So we leave section one with a score of 2300 to 700 in favor of the pub triviality experience. Okay. Right where I was last episode. Let's do this. <laughs> oh yeah, and you give us way too much credit for wagers. That was literally throwing numbers against the wall and putting <laughs> the at the end. Okay, you know what? I think it's time we start coining. Uh, uh, pulling a Jeremy because we were talking about this on a previous episode of the different phrases we have whereas like you know on Trivial Warfare they have pulling a Jonathan which is just Jonathan randomly saying the like just like I don't know saying the right answer Jeremy I feel like you stumble into the correct thing like all the time like you don't intend to get the correct answer you just kind of fall into it <laughs> and so like you saying that ah, that wasn't really well thought out. We just threw numbers at a wall. <laughs> just like it feels peak Jeremy. You just get it right by not 
intending to. Um, but that does mean both teams will hear the categories for the next section. Um, and those categories are dressed in yellow, a sports question. She says, hello, a music question. Come sit next to me, you fine fellow, a geography question. <laughs> Which is why Bust a Move was in the place where it was. Respect <laughs> <laughs> the hell out of that. Oh, go ahead and send him your wagers. Yep. Hey, Brittany, I have the wagers for both teams. Thank you, Tim. So, teams, your first question is dressed in yellow, a sports question. Rules of what exhibition sport include batters cannot step out of the batter's box, fouls ball, foul balls caught by fans are counted as outs, and games are won by points instead of runs. The team who originated this rule recently concluded their third world tour, which was only in the U.S. Oh, is that is that what it's called? I think so. I know everything about this except for this park, which I've never heard before because it's <laughs> it's just referred to by other things. But we can lock in with that. All right. Okay, pub triviality experience is locked in. Wingus and Dingus, you can talk this one out. Great. I have ruled out things that it isn't. Um, pickleball doesn't have a batter to my knowledge. Baseball, softball, and cricket are not exhibition sports, and those are sports that do have batters. No idea how dressed in yellow fits in unless we're talking about bumblebees or canaries <laughs> or perhaps nope nothing else yellow comes to mind i don't know roy what do you think i i have no idea i i don't even know where to begin foul balls caught by fans are counted as outs i've never heard of these rules before for anything an exhibition sport like i don't follow a lot of those yeah, um i definitely don't I'm not even sure what that necessarily means. And I, I am asking that question, but I know you won't answer while the question is live. I'm sure it'll be in the color. Um, I mean, could this be like wiffle ball or something? Oh, is it Quidditch? Is it fucking Quidditch? No. Yeah. Is it Quidditch? Are there batters in Quidditch? There's beaters. Maybe they call them beaters instead of batters because I don't, or I don't know. Could be. I know it's not called Quidditch anymore. I don't. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, but I think that'll be good enough if that's what you want to go with. I mean, it doesn't fit literally any of the information we have, yeah. but it is something that I would. <laughs> I see you laughing, Brittany. <laughs> but it is something that I could conceive being considered an exhibition sport. Yeah, and that it is magic. <laughs> sure, let's lock in Quidditch. I okay. have nothing better. The sport formerly known as Quidditch, whatever they call it now. Okay. Uh, team Wingus and Dingus locking in with Quadball, which is the name of Thank the you. sport formerly known as Quidditch. Uh, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? Uh, 200 both ways. Okay. Uh, pub Triviality Experience, go ahead and tell us what your thought process was and your wagers. Well, I, th I think Matt helped us get there because I, I think my comment in chat was something along the lines of, Matt, what's it called? It's the baseball league where they dress in yellow and there's the funny mm -hmm. videos on social media. And he goes, the Savannah Bananas. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the team. What's the oh. name of the game? And then it clicked. I think it's just called Banana Ball. Hmm. So that's what we locked in with was Banana Ball. Hey, Roy, I just thought of something else that's yellow. <laughs> I said banana. You were, you just kept listing off. Sorry. Know, it's okay. I, I've never heard of banana ball. 
I heard of the Savannah Bananas. I don't know that I would have put those things together, but I've heard of that. And what did you wager here? Uh, we wagered 300 on us and 200 on our opponents. Okay. Well, uh, it was originated by the Savannah Bananas, and on their World Tour page, their exhibition sport, which has way more rules than what I listed, plus some crazy stunt rules and other things that differentiate it from other possible variations it is called banana ball <laughs> and i think they have to call it an exhibition sport and their own thing because you can't mm-hmm. legally call what they do baseball <laughs> but what they do is a lot more fun so yeah. the videos like you, you have to check out some of the videos on social media i think my favorite one was uh, at one point it was like full count batter at the box and three guys from the team step up to the pitcher's mound and they look at each other and they do the same pitch motion in tandem. And only one of them has the ball. And if they struck out the batter. <laughs> I saw one today where he was juggling it on a hockey stick on the pitcher's mound and then tossed it up, caught it and threw the pitch. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but Tim, we have silly rules just like banana ball does. Uh, but what did that do to our scores here? Uh, so we had another 900 point swing, uh, in favor of the pub triviality experience. Uh, the score is now 2,800 to 300 in their favor. Well, they do get to hear the next question. So, uh, and it's still anyone, anyone's question. So your second question is she says hello in music. Released on the album Fallen, the song Hello by Evanescence was based on the real-life experience of which lead singer. The singer also wrote the lyrics and melody to the song. Yeah. Locked in. Okay, pub triviality experience is locked in. Wingus and Dingus, you can talk this one out. I can hear we're typing. I sure hope he's typing the answer. You're right. I think you're right. I think that's one of those things that, like, if you ask me the question this the way they're asking it, I'm not going to know, but if you say, oh... What does Amy Lee do? I'd say I think she's the lead singer of Evanescence. I don't know if my brain is just filling that gap in because it's what you said, uh-huh. but I, I'm fine with that answer if you think that's it. Yeah, we'll just go Amy Lee. I think she's the lead singer of Evanescence, so that's that's what we'll go with. Okay, uh, Wingus and Dingus locking in with Amy Lee. Pub trivia, pub triviality experience. What was your thought process, and what did you log lock in with? Uh, just for me, like I, I'm reading the question, like as I'm hearing you say it, and I'm like, oh, the question is who's the lead singer of Evanescence, and that's Amy Lee. So we mm-hmm. just locked in with Amy Lee. No real thought hey. process behind it. Okay. Uh, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? Uh, we wagered two hundred on us, and uh, we're hoping that it was uh the, another music question like last round, and uh, we wagered three hundred on them, and I think they got it too. So we'll see what happens. Okay. And Wingus and Dingus, your wagers? Uh, we wagered 100 on ourselves because of the last music question, and 100 on our opponents. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, both teams identify the lead singer of Evanescence, Amy Lee. Um, and the song itself is really sad, but uh, people can look that up if they want to. I, It, it was a very sad-sounding song, but I was just looking at songs called Hello that weren't like the standard Adele. So... <laughs> Um, Tim, what did that do to our scores? Uh, the gap closed just a little bit because pub triviality experience lost a hundred points while Wingus and Dingus pushed their points. So it's now 2,700 to 300. 
We're on a rocket to the moon. Let's go. <laughs> All right. The comeback begins. Question three in section two is, come sit next to me, you fine fellow, in geography. Fine Fellow's ice cream shop is located in downtown Cape May on the Cape May Peninsula in which U.S. state. The lighthouse on the Cape provides views across the Delaware Bay and Atlantic Ocean. And 100% Brittany wrote this question because she wanted to fit the category and not because she looked up the name of this ice cream place or anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she wrote she wrote the bust a move question and then went, I'm gonna write three categories that are the lyrics of bust a move, but now I need to find something to fit fine fellows. Oh, actually what happened is I wrote these three categories together and then was like, Oh, I need a lyrics question, bust a move. So the categories came first. But we're locked in. Okay. Uh pub triviality experience is locked in. Wingus and dingus, go ahead and talk it out. I was just about to agree with your guess. I think it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned that I hate New England geography because I've never been to New England and there's so many capes and so much. Uh, and all the states are so tiny. Like, yeah. why bother? Rhode Island, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, show title. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Cape May, uh, New Jersey sounded like something I've heard before. So I went with New Jersey. And Delaware and New Jersey are near each other. So it, it makes sense okay uh and what did you wager on yourself and your opponents here uh 300 both ways because we're not original um and pub triviality experience what was your thought process and what were your wagers again basically the same thought process they had like i know of cape may new jersey Uh, i don't know of another cape may i'm not 100 percent sure it's a peninsula but I know it exists. <laughs> so we locked in with Cape May, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, both teams locking in with Cape May, New Jersey. And Pub Triviality Experience, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? Uh, 100 both ways. Okay. Uh, well, the answer is, in fact, New Jersey. Uh, shout out to hey. our friends in New Jersey. This, I believe, is in what they call Lower Jersey. So... <laughs> I don't know if you were giving me a thumbs down as Lower Jersey or if you no, were I'm giving thumbs New down to, to the friend I know in New Jersey. You decided to quiz me about Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have more than one friend in New Jersey, so shout out to them and hope uh, that question was fun for you. But Tim, what's fun for me is knowing what happened with our scores. So take it away. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, no, both teams pushed, so we enter the sec- uh, the third section. Uh, Pub Triviality Experience leads Wingus and Dingus 2,700 to 300. Okay, which means y'all will hear all three categories for the next section. And those categories are, that'll give you carpal tunnel, a history question. Putting some English on it, a science question. And that'll also give you carpal tunnel, an art question. All right, Brittany, I have the wagers. Excellent. So let's get started with section three in That'll Give You Carpal Tunnel, a history question. Of the members of Publius, which wrote the most Federalist papers, and how many did he write? You okay with that, Matt? Yeah, that's that's fine with me. I had nothing. All right, now we are locked in. Okay, pub triviality experience is locked in. Wingus and Dingus, you can talk it out. So I mentioned that... uh... I'm pretty sure James Madison wrote the Federalist Papers. Um, as far as 
how many did he write? I I don't know what that means. So this may be another example. Did he write all of them? Maybe. He was prolific. I I was at JMU, James Madison University, um, several years ago. I was kind of dating a guy who went there. He went for some reunion alumni event or something. And my impression of the place was that, as you would expect, that whole community had a real boner for James Madison. And I feel like we were hearing about his superlatives the whole time we were there. And it is possible that one of them may have been that he wrote the most Federalist Papers. And it could be that my brain is just desperately hoping that's true because I would like to feel like we know some things tonight. Um, But I don't, I can't think of another, like, did Franklin write the Federalist Papers? Jefferson? Like, he did a lot of stuff. No, I think Franklin was close to dead, if not dead by then, because they were after the Constitution was written. They were, like, supporting the Constitution was the purpose. Gotcha. Then, yeah, then Madison makes sense because he was... A little bit down the road. So I'm fine locking in with that Mm -hmm. swag. Okay. And how many? We'll just say he wrote all of them. Oh, are we saying how many or who? That's what the question asked. Both. 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 Oh, and? James Madison wrote them all. Yeah. yeah. Is all an acceptable answer? Do you need a numeric value? A numeric value. Is is 69 going to be okay? Can we? 69? 69. Send it. 69 Federalist Papers, baby. Okay, uh, Wingus and Dingus lock in with James Madison, who wrote 69 nice Federalist papers for us. Uh, pub triviality experience, what was your thought process and what did you lock in with? What was our thought process? Um, I had to think of some lyrics in my head because um, I believe, let's see if I can do this whole thing. Alexander joined forces with James Madison and John Jay to write a series of essays defending the new United States Constitution entitled The Federalist Papers. The plan was to write a total of 25 essays. The work divided evenly among the three men. In the end, they wrote 85 essays in the span of six months. John Jay... uh, Trying to remember. John Jay got sick after writing five. James Madison wrote 29. Alexander... or Sorry, Hamilton wrote the other 51 is what I remember from the song. So cool. <laughs> Hamilton and 51. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So Alexander Hamilton and 51 and a performance of off an off book performance of Hamilton, I guess. Um, so what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? I have to look because I was deep in thought trying to remember exactly how that went. Uh, I think we did 300 on us, 200 on them. Okay. And Wingus and Dingus, what were your wagers? Uh, irrelevant. We just threw numbers. I did 300 on us and 300 on our opponents. All right. Well, uh, the first 75 of the uh Federalist Papers were published between 1787 and 1788. Um, They were in defense of the new U.S. Constitution. The members of Publius were, in fact, John Jay, James Madison, and Alexander Hamilton. Um, John Jay did write five. James Madison wrote 29. And Hamilton wrote, as Jeremy will say eloquently quoted, the other 51. So the answer is Alexander Hamilton and 51. Okay, that that was impressive. I I've been saying for how long has Unmusable been out? Five, six, seven, twelve years. Time has no meaning. Uh, it's been out <laughs> since twenty 
15. It's a long time. Oh, a decade. Yeah. And eight years. every now and then I'm like, I really need to just do like everyone else in my social circle and learn all the words to that musical because it pays dividends. Like this is the most useful musical for pub trivia in the history of musicals. And I obviously haven't, um, but uh, I've just been reminded that needs to go in my t- next time I've got a long drive. I'm just going to put that album on and listen to it on repeat. So mm. I watched it after Tiger King during COVID lockdown and that was it one time. Well, um, it's a great musical. It's a, it's a really fun soundtrack and the Hamilton mixtape is also a really great download and listen if you haven't. Um, and yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda did a ton of research for it and good to know that it's accurate. So uh, what else is accurate is probably Tim's spreadsheet math. So Tim, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So unfortunately we have reached the end of the road for team Wingus and Dingus. Uh, Pub Triviality Experience picked up 500 points and uh, Wingus and Dingus lost 600, but they only had 300 left. So they're going to finish at negative 300. As we uh, end our team round and head to the individual round. Yep. And that does mean it is the end for our team round. So moving on, our team will be pub triviality experience. Uh, So Jeremy and Matt, you'll be moving on to the individual round uh, after these messages. Coming this November. From the network that brings you the pub trivia experience, boozy bracketology, and frenemy trivia, a new word game podcast that promises to entertain you in 30 words or less, or it's free, Verboten. Listen in every Tuesday as two teams of competitors square off to try to prove that they have the best words. They'll be joined by our host, the hardest working woman in trivia, Jay Borsum of Liquid Courage Entertainment. In round one, our players will have to prove their word association skills. In round two, their memory will be tested. And in round three, they'll have to untangle the clues that Jay herself has to offer. No two clues will be alike, because on this show, repeating yourself is strictly verboten. Coming soon to the PTE Network. And we are back for the individual round of the episode where we will pit Jeremy against Matt. We have taken their first round points and divided them. There was no need for rounding. Both players are going to start with 1,600 points. And as a reminder, our second half does feature a 30-second timer. Once one player locks in, the other player will have 30 seconds and exactly 30 seconds to talk it out before they must lock in a wager. Jeremy, Matt, are you ready for the second half? I am ready. Oh, he's I'm ready more now. ready. No. <laughs> Brittany, are you ready? I'm never ready and simultaneously always prepared. Our categories for the first section of the second half are Lil Sebastian Eats a Dime Bag, which is a music question. This question is Steve Martin approved, which is a hobbies question. And when in Rome, which is a geography question. So go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. Tim, I have both players' wagers. Well, thank you, Brittany. Let's dive into the second half with our first question, which is in the category of Lil Sebastian Eats a Dime Bag, which is a music question. 
The Eagles formed when Don Henley and Glenn Fry met while playing backup for What Singer, who shares a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame with Dolly Parton and Emmy Lou Harris. Locked in. Hold on, hold on. Jeremy is locked in. Matt, you have 30 seconds. Okay. Um, I've definitely heard this before, potentially on my show at some point in time, but I've also heard close to 3,500 questions on my show, possibly 7,000 if I'm doing the math correctly. So I don't remember this at all. Um, the star thing doesn't help because I used to live um, right next to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I don't remember all of them. So I got absolutely nothing on this. I'm going to say George Strait. Matt locks it with George Strait. What did you wager on this question, Matt? Too much. Uh, I think I wagered 300 and 200 for Jeremy. And Jeremy, what did you lock in with and what were your wagers? Yeah, I heard this recently and I just had to kind of rack my brain for a second. And I'm pretty sure without anything other than having heard it, that it's Linda Ronstadt. Uh, and I bet uh, 300 both ways. All right. So Jeremy locks in with Linda Ronstadt. Matt locks in with George Strait. Jeremy is getting this one correct. It is Linda Ronstadt uh, who performed the album Trio with Emmy Lou Harris and uh, Dolly Parton, uh, which is why they share a star together. Uh, so, Brittany, what did that do to our scores here? Well, Tim, uh, I will tell you that in just a second, uh, because I'm sure someone's going to ask a question if we don't preempt what the clue was about. The band that had Linda Ronstadt, Don Henley, and Glenn Fry in it, or Frey in it, was called the Stone Ponies. So Little Sebastian Needs a Dime Bag was just another way to say Stone Pony. Um, but as far as what it did to our scores, uh, Jeremy picks up 600 points where Matt loses 500. So an 1,100 point swing there. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> I mean, that is, I think the biggest. I think that's swing the biggest we've swing we've had. But you had the points to do it, so mm. it's so it's not less over. bad than it could be. It's just bad. Fair enough. Our next question is in the category of this question: Is Steve Martin approved? Which is a hobbies question. In 1969, a foundation known as the ABA began standardizing and regulating the personal challenge known as a big year. While big years can happen anywhere in the world, they are most common in North America, and the world record of 840 was set by John Weigel in 2019, beating his previous record of 836 in 2016. What type of specific person partakes in the big year? Seems like Jeremy's heard this before. If I had, I'd be forcing an answer on you. <laughs> <laughs> John Weigel. I'm going to lock in. Jeremy is locked in, putting Matt on a 30-second timer. America, so, Foundation, 1969, ABA, American Something Association. Uh, um, God, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go bowler. I think maybe it's bowling. ABA could be American Bowling Association. Uh I got nothing else. Uh, I'm locking in with bowling. I wagered 200, wagered 100 for Jeremy. All right. Matt locks in with bowling. Jeremy, what did you lock in with? 
I had to really rack my brain on this because I was stuck on the Steve Martin clue, which I thought this was going to go banjo, which I think Matt did as well early on. Mm. Um, but this is something I feel like it's, it's scratching in the back of my brain, and I feel like the ABA is the American Birders Association. So I said bird watching or bird watchers. And what did you wager here? Uh, 200 both ways. Okay. Uh, so Jeremy took my flavor text here. Uh, it's the American Birding Association. Uh, it is Bird Watchers. And Steve Martin uh, was in a movie called The Big Year. Mm. So uh, I yeah. thought it also might have been for his movie, The Jerk. And this person just spent a lot of time with himself. The idea behind a big year is you set a goal to find as many individual birds as you can, like bird species in a year. So uh, John Weigel has the record of 840 individual species of birds in a single year. A lot of birds. Uh, Brittany, what happened to our scores? Well, uh, what happened is uh, Jeremy... Picked up 400 points there where Matt lost 300. So we had a 700 point swing, meaning we in, well, meaning we enter question three with a score of 2,600 to 800 in favor of Jeremy. Okay. And our final question in section one is when in Rome, a geography question, also known as the queen of the long road, what road was the first long road built specifically to transport troops outside of the greater Roman area? The road connected Rome to Brindisi when it was completed, a stretch of about 342 miles. I can lock in. Matt has locked in. Jeremy, you have 30 seconds. I, I, what I'm thinking is I, it's the road through, I believe the Appalachian mountains, but the question is, what is it called? And I'm just going to say the Appalachian Path. I, I don't know. Jeremy locks in with the Appalachian Path. Matt, what, uh, Jeremy, what did you wager there? Uh, 100 both ways. All right. And Matt, what did you lock in with and what did you wager? Um, I wagered uh, 100 on this one, 300 for Jeremy. Uh, I think you're actually close. I think it's called the the Appian Way. I think Matt right. locks in with the Appian Way. Jeremy locks in with the Appalachian p- Pass. Uh, Jeremy, we're talking about Rome here, uh, and I don't mean Rome, Georgia. Oh God! I just I told you I said geography. What are the mountains over there? <laughs> Appalachia came to mind, and I went with it. <laughs> oh, but that has this one. The derites. This is the Appian Way, uh, the Appalachian Mountains being here in the United yeah, States. Yes, they are. I thought about that after I said it, but I'm like, nah, maybe they won't say anything. Of course you said something. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that was a low wager. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Matt gets this one. Jeremy misses it. Brittany, what happened to our wager? Our scores here? Well, uh... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Okay, uh, what happened to our scores here, Tim, was that Jeremy lost 200 points on that one, and Matt picked up 400, so we had a 600-point swing back in Matt's favor, so we enter section two with a score of 2,400 to 1,200 in favor of Jeremy. I need more booze. 
I I really thought you were about to say the right answer when you started with app and then you mm-hmm. go Alation Trail. I was like, nope, that's here. No, I thought after I said it, I go, no, that's the trail like right here in the U.S. That has nothing. Yeah, to do with Rome. yeah. Route sixty six is that the yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had thirty seconds. It was like I need to think of a mountain right away. Like that's mm-hmm. it. I know. I know it has something to do with the mountains. I remember that part. I don't remember what they're called. And Appalachians, the first thing that came to my mind, and I'm like, that's not right. But here we go. Commit to the bit. <laughs> okay, so we head to our second section of round two, and our question, our categories in this section are jumping fences and breaking barriers, which is a television question. Shortest way home, which is a politics question. And I'm a man of the lands, a games question. Go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. As I open another angry orchard, because I was just sipping on some Mountain Dew and I went Appalachian Mountains, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry for laughing so hard, but it was was kind of peak Jeremy. Oh, it was. Oh, it absolutely was. Tim, I have both players' wagers. Okay, so let's dive into the second set of questions. Our first one is in Jumping Fences and Breaking Barriers, a television question. Annalise Keating is the lead character in which Shonda Rhimes series? Viola Davis won a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for her performance, becoming the first black woman to do so. Locked in. Jeremy's locked in. Matt, you have 30 seconds. Okay. Um, so I'm looking for the, she's the lead character in the Shonda Rhimes series. So, um, I can't think of too many others besides how to get away with murder. Um, I think scandals, maybe the other one. I don't know. I'm going to lock in with how to get away with murder. Matt locks in with how to get away with murder. And what did you wager here? Uh, I wagered 300 on me, 200 on Jeremy. Okay. And Jeremy, what did you wager here? And what was your answer? Um, So I have seen the first season of this show and I need to go back and watch the rest because I I enjoyed it. I think it's got taken off of Netflix for a while, but um, yeah, it's definitely how to get away with murder. And I did 200 both ways. Well, this one is how to get away with murder and fences is a clue. She won the Tony for uh, a show called fences. Viola Davis did. So uh, it is how to get away with murder. Brittany, what happened to our wagers there? Well, Tim, uh, what happened is the gap closed a little bit on this one because Jeremy pushed his points, but Matt picked up a hundred points and we go into the next question a little bit closer. Our next question is in the category of shortest way home, a politics question. What former mayor of South Bend and current secretary of transportation is the first openly gay member of a presidential cabinet? He and his husband, uh, Chaston, have two dogs and recently adopted twins. Locked in. Yeah, is is Mayor Pete short? I don't know. Is that what the clue is? But uh, this is um, um, Pete Buttigieg. And what did you wager, Matt? I wagered 100 and 300 on Jeremy, and I think he knows it, so that's not good for me. Jeremy, what did you lock in with, and what did you wager? Uh, same thing, Pete Buttigieg, and, uh, but it's actually, I think, the same wager. 100 for me, 300 for Matt. Uh, yeah, so 
both players getting this right, both players wagering the same. This is Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of a flavor text here unless Brittany has anything to add as she gives us the score update. Sure. Uh, Shortest Way Home is the name of Pete Buttigieg's uh, autobiography. Oh. So kind of a running theme throughout this season of Frenemy has been sometimes when there's a, a people question if they have a autobiography or out, I usually use that as the clue. So, uh, but it is uh, Pete Buttigieg. And both teams got it right, but both teams lost 200 points due to their wagers. So we enter the final question of the section with a score of 2,200 to 1,100 in Jeremy's favor. Okay. Our final question in section two is in the category of I'm a man of the lands, a games question. The great, great grandson of President James Garfield, Richard Garfield is credited with creating what game in 1993, which takes place in a multiverse with countless possible worlds called planes. Among these planes are Ravnica, Dominaria, Zendikar, and Innistrad. Locked in. Jeremy's locked in. Matt, you have 30 seconds. I am shocked. Um, <laughs> I think uh, my, my frenemy Jeff would be very upset if I didn't know this one or didn't get this one correct because I believe that this is a gathering of magic, uh, Magic the Gathering. And what did you wager? I wagered 200 for me, 100 for Jeremy. And Jeremy, what did you lock in with and what did you wager? Yeah, as soon as I heard Richard Garfield, I kind of thought I knew where this was going. Uh, it's absolutely Magic the Gathering, and I did 300 for me, 100 for Matt. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just found it very interesting that the guy who created Magic the Gathering is the great-great-grandson of President James Garfield. Uh, this was Magic the Gathering. Both players picking this one up, and halfway through the individual round, Brittany, how would those scores look? Well, Tim... Uh... Both players got all three questions right this time, which means we are at the exact same place we were at the beginning of the round. We <laughs> enter round three with a score of 2,400 to 1,200 in favor of Jeremy. All right. Our questions for section three are in the category of Fraternitas Eternalis, which is a science question, My Sweet Producer, which is a movies and music question, and The Sweetwater Life, which is a characters question. Go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. Uh, I have both player scores, Tim. Okay, Brittany. So let's dive in here. Our first question is in the category of Fraternitas Eternalis, which is a science question. While there are more than 85 stars visible to the naked eye in the constellation, the two brightest stars in Gemini are named for what twin half-brothers of Greek and Roman mythology? Okay, uh, locking in. Jeremy has locked in. Matt, you have 30 seconds. Um boy, I I have I have absolutely no idea. Um looking at half brothers who are Greek, I'm gonna go with John and Giannis Stamos. <laughs> and I wagered and what did you wager here? I wagered one hundred and I wagered two hundred on him. Jeremy. Okay. And like Jeremy, what is your friend? Jeremy, what did you lock in with and what did you wager? Um, I locked in with the twins that I knew from the Greek side. I guess they, they could be the same in the Roman. Uh, it's Castor and Pollux on the green side, um, or on the Greek side. And I went uh, 100 for me, 200 for Matt. 
Okay. So according to my research, they are known the same in both Greek and Roman mythology, uh, although the story on Wikipedia really only explains the Greek side. Um, in And that's got, you know, graphic sexual content. So I'm not going to explain how we have twin half-brothers, uh, but they are both of the same mother and different fathers, uh, and they're twins. But this is Castor and Pollux. Uh, so Jeremy is going to pick this one up. Unfortunately, John and Giannis Stamos were not close <laughs> enough for credit. <laughs> but I liked it. So <laughs> there, there was something in the back of my head that it was like equivalent to Romulus and Remus. So I was having like this thing in my head. Yeah, I was no, like... Romulus and Remus are entirely different twins with different. Uh, well, they're Roman and their father was yeah. Mars. Castor and Pollux were the. Uh, it depends on which myth you look at. Sometimes they're the sons of Dionysus. Sometimes they're the sons of Zeus and a mortal. Um, but, you know, with Greek mythology, it's pretty much always a safe bet that Zeus was involved somehow. <laughs> uh, so, Brittany, what happened to our scores after that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the part I'm supposed to say, not about Zeus scoring. Um, so, uh, this would be a 600 point swing as Jeremy picks up 300 and Matt loses 300, meaning we enter question two with a score of 2,700 to 900 in mm. favor of Jeremy. Well, maybe he'll make up some ground on this question, which is in my sweet producer, a movies and music question. Which future member of the Traveling Wilburys is responsible for securing the financing for Monty Python's Life of Brian after EMI Films dropped out just days before the production was due to begin? Locked in. Jeremy is locked in, putting 30 seconds of pressure on Matt. <laughs> um, one day I'll learn more about the Traveling Wilburys. Um, I think I think it's a, it's a Bob Dylan group. Uh, maybe Tom Petty, but I think that the answer here is a, is the Beatle and I'm going to go with George Harrison. And I wagered, um, what did I wager? I wagered 200 on me and 100 on Jeremy. And Jeremy, what did you lock in with? And what did you wager? Yeah. I immediately went through my head when I heard this was, you know, who funded the life of Brian. And I knew it was one of the Beatles and I always forget which Beatles, uh, then I had to think, which Beatle was in the Traveling Wilburys? <laughs> and it was George Harrison. So, th again, just had to narrow that down, and that's why I locked in when I when I figured it out. Um, so I'm 99% sure it's George Harrison, and I did 300-300. So if Matt is right, it is a push. Uh, well, Matt is right. You guys took all my flavor text, uh, other than the fact that uh, my sweet – sorry – other than My Sweet Lord is a George Harrison song, uh, which is where the clue there comes from. So this is George Harrison, the British member of the Traveling Wilburys. There might have been others, but if you know it's a Beatle, then yeah. Uh, so Brittany, what happened to our scores on that question? Well, Jeremy did some math correctly. Uh, so he did push his points there. Matt, however, picked up hundred points. So we enter question three with a score of 2,700 to 1,000 still in Jeremy's favor. And while Matt is down, he is not out. There's still the potential for a lot of swing here. Uh, as we head to our final question in section three in the category of the Sweetwater life, which is a character's question. 
Forsyth Pendleton Jones III is the given name of which character first introduced in 1941. He is canonically asexual, though you wouldn't know from his 2017 adaptation. Locked in. Jeremy locks in immediately. Matt, you have 30 seconds. Oh, boy. Um, Sweetwater Life. Sweetwater Life of Zach and Cody. Probably not what it is. Maybe it is. Uh, I got <laughs> I got nothing. 1941. Asexual. I don't I don't know who this character is. I'm running out of time, so I could quit stalling. And I'm gonna say Sonic the Hedgehog. Matt locks him with Sonic the Hedgehog. And what did you <laughs> wager on this one? Too much. I wagered three hundred on me, three hundred for Jeremy. And Jeremy, what did you lock in with? And what did you wager? Um, as soon as you read the name, it was just oh, one it's... of those Pavlovs. And I think Matt just figured it out. Uh, it, it's absolutely from Archie Comics. It's Jughead. Um, and I wagered 200 on me, 100 on Matt. Okay. Uh, Matt, did you did you get there before he said it? Yeah, I should stay out of Riverdale. That's my fault. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, if you had kept on the initial path that you started, the sweet life of Zach and Cody, Jughead was portrayed by Cole Sprouse uh, in the Riverdale TV show. So you, you, if you had stayed on there, you might have gotten to Jughead Jones, which is our correct answer. Uh, so we leave section three and head to our final se- group of questions with what score, Brittany? Well, Tim, I think that 30 second timer is cruel and I'm glad we added it. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but, uh, on that one, Jeremy picked that one up. Matt did not. So what that means is we have a 900 point swing, meaning that we enter our final section with a score of 3000 for Jeremy and 400 for Matt, but we know anything can still happen. So any, anything can happen as we head into our final section, our categories for that section are. The monarchy only has 12 names, which is a history question. You might think it's real, but I think Canada is just make-believe, which is a geography question. And all that glitters does not always work for Technicolor, which is a movies question. So go ahead and send Brittany your final wagers. Uh, um, I do have the wagers, Tim. I'm just going to put them in real quick. Okay, so let's visit our Final three questions. Our first one in the category of the monarchy only has 12 names, which is a history question. The Battle of Hastings involved a group of Norman conquerors attacking the town of Hastings. What was the name of the Norman commander who would be crowned king the same year? He probably didn't realize he'd later give his name to the oldest man in space so far. Locked in. Jeremy is locked in. Matt, you have 30 seconds. Um, I don't know if that helps me. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I can think of Norman Conquerors is William Wallace, and uh, I don't even think that's right. Um, but it could be. Uh, I think he was a king at some point. I'm going to say William Wallace. Okay. And what did you wager here? I wagered 100 and Jeremy 200. And Jeremy, what did you lock in with and what did you wager? Well, the the thing that locked in with me was Conquerors, and the only one with Conqueror after his name I could think of that was Norman was William the Conqueror. So I locked in with William the Conqueror, uh, and I wagered 200 for me, 300 for Matt. 
Okay, so this is a tough judgment call. Unfortunately, William Wallace is more specific than we wanted and therefore makes it incorrect. We were strict specifically just looking for William or William the Conqueror. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to rule against Matt on this one, and Jeremy is going to get this one correct. Uh, Brittany, what? Uh, and the name, of course, lending itself to the uh, oldest man in space, which is William Shatner. Uh, so, Brittany, what happened to our wagers there? Yeah, unfortunately, with that one, William Wallace is a completely different person. So we that's could, all right. Yeah, <laughs> if he was the same person as William the Conqueror, we'd absolutely give it to you, but different person. Um, but what that did to our scores, Tim, is that Jeremy picked up 500 points where Matt lost 300, but Matt had 400 points. So he hangs in there for question two with a score of 3,500 for Jeremy and 100 for Matt. Our question, and you might think it's real, but I think Canada is just Maple Leaf, is a geography question. And that question is, of Canada's 13 provinces and territories, only two are landlocked. The other 11 directly border one of three oceans. I want you to name both of the provinces or territories that are landlocked. <laughs> Jeremy looks like he hates us, <laughs> which is correct, but... But since the audience can't see Jeremy, I felt like I needed to describe that appearance. I will lock in. Matt locks in first. So, Jeremy, you have 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm just going to name two Canadian provinces. I have no idea which ones are landlocked. So I'm going to say none of it and uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. Jeremy locks in with none of it and Newfoundland and Labrador. Matt, what did you, uh, Jeremy, what did you wager there? Um, I wagered 100 for me, 200 for Matt. Okay. And Matt, what did you wager? Uh, what did you lock in with or what did you wager? Uh, I locked in with Saskatchewan. Um, I'm pretty sure that's one of them. And the only other one I could think of is Alberta. So I locked in with Saskatchewan and Alberta. I wagered 200 for me, 300 for Jeremy. Okay. Uh, well, I, whether he intended it or not, I do think Matt successfully pulled off a, no, a calorie crash is when you don't know the answer, yeah. but you lock in, uh, but putting that pressure on Jeremy did work out in Matt's favor as the answer we were looking for are Alberta and Saskatchewan. Nice job, uh, Matt. Matt pulling that one while Jeremy, unsurprisingly, given that is a geography question, did <laughs> not uh, so, Brittany, we head to our final question. What are our our scores? Well, before I reveal that, I just want to do point out to Jeremy that I know it's geography, but Newfoundland is notoriously an island. Mm. So, oh, I almost uh, went Edward Island just for the hell of it. Okay, <laughs> just was making sure that we at least said that. Um, I enjoyed that. Jeremy uh, was having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't think of a pun for Canada right now uh except that it's 50% a um and uh our we had an 800 point swing there in Matt's favor Jeremy lost 300 Matt picked up 500 meaning we enter the final question with a score of 3200 to 600 in Jeremy's favor and our final question of the night in the category of all that glitters doesn't always work for Technicolor a movie's question 
1900 children's novel was adapted into what film directed by Victor Fleming that sits at number six on the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Films list? I'm going to lock in. And for the last time, Jeremy locks in. Matt, you have 30 seconds to talk it out. Yeah, I'm looking. We're looking for a children's novel. Uh, 1800s, number six on American Film Institute. You're looking at probably Godfather and Casablanca, Gone with the Wind. And the only thing that's like a kid's movie, I think, in that area would be Wizard of Oz. So I'm going to say Wizard of Oz. And what did you wager on that? 300 uh, on me, Jeremy, 100. Okay, Jeremy, what did you lock in with? Uh, same thought process was uh, trying to think of a children's film that would be on the, you know, 100 best or 100 year film list, 100 best films. And Wizard of Oz is the first thing that came to mind. I believe Victor Fleming was the director. So, yeah, that was it. There's nothing, no more flavor text than that. Uh, and I wagered. Uh, 300 for me and 100 for Matt. Okay. Both players picking this up. This is the Wizard of Oz, which was notoriously, if not the first, one of the first films to be shot in Technicolor. Uh, it is notoriously a Technicolor film. Uh, it is the Wizard of Oz, which brings us to the end of our match. And Brittany, how do our scores stand? Well, Tim. You're right, it was a Technicolor film, and to just explain the clue for a fun fact, uh, in the book, Dorothy's slippers were silver, um, but they wanted to highlight the technology that was Technicolor, so they changed her slippers to the iconic ruby slipper that we see, just to, you know, show off how well Technicolor works, because silver you could do in black and white. Uh, But... Both teams or both players got that one right. And both players picked up 200 points on that one. It wasn't quite enough for Matt to overtake Jeremy at the end, but we do end tonight with a final score of Jeremy with 3,400 points and Matt with 800 points. We've reached the end of our game and Jeremy, you are our best frenemy for this week. And you will be moving on to our tournament of frenemies final where you will be taking on Aaron Mayers, Alan Kreisel and Lauren Robinson. Jeremy, how do you feel? That's a really strong group of folks, uh, <laughs> trivia-wise. So it's a little nerve-wracking, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it will be. And before we go, we want to give you a chance to plug anything you want to plug. Uh, for me, uh, you can find me uh, on the Pub Trivia Experience. Uh, I was graciously offered a spot as one of the hosts over there, and um, it's been a lot of fun so far. So check that out. And if uh, you enjoy trivia, if you're listening to this, uh, Thursday nights, uh, most Thursday nights on uh, my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash LKJeremy, you can find uh, myself and Brian Nash putting on a game of his geek trivia, uh, 9.30 p.m. Central on Thursday nights. So come check us out. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and we will be reaching out to schedule that final match here shortly. And our runner-up today, Matt. Matt, how are you feeling after that match? Uh, exhausted. It was, it was a tough one. It was a back and forth, uh, mostly, uh, back for me and forth for Jeremy, uh, <laughs> which is a wonderful way to end my run here. Uh, and before you go, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Um, yeah, listen to Triviality. Triviality, where podcasts, uh, you can listen to them at Spotify on your 
your Apple Podcast app at airwavemedia.com and check out all of those podcasts over there. Thanks. Well, we appreciate you coming on uh, and we will be reaching out to you for your special runner-up prize. Ooh, a prize. And throw to Matt, you. you're the best. I just thought you should know that. You're like the <laughs> most awesome person in the world. <laughs> Before you go, Aaron, we want to hear, uh, what do you have to plug and how did you feel about tonight's game? <laughs> I'll start with the, the easy one. I felt good about it, even though I didn't know anything. Um, Roy was a wonderful patient partner and Nick was gentler than I expected, which is something that's never been said about Nick Groves ever. Um, thank you to y'all for having me on in spite of the fact that I contribute nothing and mostly make off color jokes. You can find me on trivial warfare occasionally. Um, episodes kind of well, they drop regularly, but I'm on them irregularly. If you're ever in Richmond, Virginia on a Tuesday night, I host trivia at Ardent Barrel Room. You can find me online at Orange Cat Trivia on all the platforms that matter. Um, I'll leave it to you guys to figure out which ones those are. And Roy Camara, how are you feeling about tonight's game? And do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I am super excited about how today's game went. Uh <laughs> I'm going to shout out my wife, as always. I'm going to shout out uh, Rue McClanahan for playing uh, Blanche Devereaux <laughs> so well and winning at least one Emmy. Uh, and once again, shout out to Jeopardy. Please call me back. <laughs> That'll do it for us here at Frenemy Trivia. Make sure you... Make sure to follow us at Frenemy Trivia on Facebook, X, Instagram, Blue Sky, and Threads. And you can find our sister shows, Pub Trivia Experience, Boozy Bracketology, and the brand new show, Verboten, as well as our community pages and Patreon. Check us out at ptebb.com. Even if you can't support us financially, which we totally understand, you can always support us by subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite app. We're there, too. If you're interested in being on any of our shows, go to ptebb.com slash appearance request. For Frenemy Trivia, I've been Tim. I've been Brittany. I am Matt. I'm Roy. I'm Aaron. And I've been Jeremy. And we'll see you next week. We're not nerd off. Make sure we record this. <laughs> Love, Love Drew. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> not that that part's going to make the episode. <laughs> of course not. Why would we put the Love You Drew in the episode? <laughs> <laughs>